Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Hello, Ananga. It's so good to be together with you again for another Anxiety Slayer session. It's good to connect with you too, Shan. It's really nice to see our listeners are sending in some questions. I'm looking forward to seeing what support we can offer them. It really is nice to have that roadmap, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know often we, we have ideas about things, but to have people help us and lead us in a direction that can be more supportive to them is so great. And I know that today is a big subject and something that I've been curious about and never even thought to ask out loud. And that's talking about how anxiety can cause different things to happen within our bodies. For instance, tingling or numbness or, um, well, lots of other symptoms. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to, I guess, begin there. Can anxiety attacks cause tingling or numbness or different things to uh, show up in our bodies? Yep, they absolutely can, quite dramatically too, which is why it's so disconcerting for somebody suffering from an anxiety attack when your body is manifesting some really scary symptoms that you might consider to be symptomatic of a serious neurological illness. It's a really intense thing, and I think it's something that unless you've sat with it or, or gone through it, it's very hard to understand. You know, sometimes people say, look, it's just a panic attack, pull yourself out of it, or it's just your mind. But the body gets very much involved. It's the mind that's leading the experience, but the body really jumps right on in. I remember a few months ago, I was sitting with somebody, helping them while their body had a full-on panic attack. And it was a very interesting experience because they actually remained calm and they felt supported. But I was watching their body do some pretty amazing things, not in a good way. You could actually see their pulse jumping out of their wrist. Their heart was beating so fast and they were experiencing chest pains and their legs started twitching and they were really going through something. Although they were sitting very still and managed to get their breathing calm, there was an intensity built up with the body that just had to run its course for a few minutes and discharge. And when the anxiety episode finished, then there was a whole spell of shaking where we literally just had to help them walk it off. With a oh, man. Yeah, really huge adrenaline dump. But they felt calm and in control throughout and were able to see what was happening. And now they've got everything under control and they're very comfortable. But thank heavens you were there for support too. Yeah, I'm, Good. I'm glad wow. I was. But, you know, it's an interesting lesson for us all because for the first couple of minutes, I was thinking, do we need to call an ambulance? Because mm-hmm. this person hadn't had an anxiety attack like that before. There were chest pains involved. There was laboured breathing. For the first couple of minutes, it was not looking good until we got the breathing under control and got that person calm. So if you're not sure, do get medical help. And if you're not sure with symptoms like tingling and numbness, then if only for your own peace of mind, get it checked. Get an MRI, get your vitamin B levels checked. Uh, There are many injuries, trapped nerves, spinal issues that can cause numbness and tingling. Diabetes can cause numbness and tingling get things checked thoroughly and put your mind right but then if it is anxiety it doesn't have to be that we have to feel bad that oh it's just anxiety because anxiety (laughs) exactly because just just anxiety doesn't exist anxiety is very real and i think that all too often um there is a a judgment made to, to push it aside as almost an overreaction yeah 
And it's not. I can tell you that when we first started talking about this particular subject matter about the tingling or numbness or racing heart, the first time that that occurred for me, I was just trying to get some rest for the night, Mm -hmm. going off to bed. And because of the awareness I have now of living in my body, um, my heart started to race and I could just really feel like almost every move it made, it was really very, I was very tuned in. Mm. And then that mental loop started happening in my brain that was like, oh, I wonder if I'm okay. What's happening with my heart? Is my heart okay? Is this what a heart attack feels like? Am I, you know, I just went right into that wild place. Yeah. So I'd like to talk a little bit about um, how you can find relief when when you're having, I mean, especially if you don't have the luxury of having you available immediately. When you are on your own and, and that loop starts to happen, what do we do? How do we find our own relief and support? Yeah, anxiety is an incredibly challenging thing for us as individuals because it really is something that we have to do some work with. We very much desire somebody to diagnose us and treat us and for it to go away. But it is something where you get the best results if you educate yourself, understand yourself and support yourself, rise to the challenge, which can be tough. But I've seen countless times People who've done it really gain something from that. They really gain some mm. strength that goes over into all areas of their lives. And, you know, there's always the silver lining in the cloud of anxiety that if you do learn to get through that, then this, the coping skills that you learn, you can apply so broadly in your life and not just your life, but the lives of your children and your friends. So you really can become a bit of an ambassador for learning to be calm and learning how to get yourself feeling safe. And mm-hmm. I know that that's not necessarily at the forefront of many people's minds when they're experiencing regular anxiety attacks. But I just want to try and encourage listeners to know that there's support there to help you know yourself and get through it because it is one mm-hmm. of those things where you do really need to take it on and, and help yourself as best you can. Yeah. Um, well, so- and I know in this particular example, uh, I just started to breathe and to ground back in my breath and to come back to this place to tell myself that all is well and I am safe and um, whatever my mantra was at that time. And I just really slowed my breathing down and just got into as much of a relaxation space as I could. Hmm. And to, you know, Shan, you know, you're okay. It's okay. And I can't even remember what was going on or where it came from or why. And, And I guess I doesn't matter as long as I was able to understand what was happening and and work with it. Absolutely. That's really key. In my last podcast, I was talking about how anxiety can be like a thunderstorm in the body where it really rips in and, and manifests a big energetic event. But if we can learn not to let anxiety sweep us up in its drama, then we calm down quicker and we feel safer and we can save ourselves a lot of the mental turmoil of wondering what you're going through it doesn't necessarily mean the first time you try that that the physical symptoms are going to feel better but you won't feel so afraid of them you won't feel so disturbed by them you will come to the point where you can step back and say okay my body's throwing a fit but it's going to pass and i will be okay so it's really important as you described to have skills where you can put yourself in a safe place it's almost like we have to learn to step back from the experience of an anxiety attack where the mind and the body really need to part company and not 
wind each other up more because there's a big loop right. that happens with anxiety where you think, sure, you know, am I having this? Am I having that? And then the body thinks, oh my God, am I? And it, and it jumps. Yeah, right. So, you know, you need to break them up. <laughs> sure. Well, and what are the thing? what are some of the things that we can do to divert and distract ourselves when we are facing that, that loop? I think it's um, really important to have some skills on hand that you know help you feel calmer that you're already familiar with, like um, using the calm point or the quick anxiety stopper or mm -hmm. some of the many breathing techniques that we share on our website. Just practice them regularly. Practice them when you feel okay. Practice them when you feel mildly stressed and just get to know them and get to feel them calm your body down. There's two things that happens from that. One is that your base anxiety level gradually goes down anyway because you're learning to relax more and be more comfortable which means that you're discharging that background rumble of anxiety, which makes it less mm. likely for it to have to peak into an actual attack. But the other thing that happens with that is that you do become familiar with tools that you know help you, with tools that you can use, so that if anxiety does strike, you haven't got that awful thing that often goes with it of, oh my God, I don't know what to do, where you can right, think, right. okay, breathe out, just breathe out. Empty your lungs, first of all, because one of the worst things with anxiety is hyperventilation, which mm -hmm. can cause numbness and tingling in the body. If you're breathing too fast and you're breathing too shallow, that can cause all kinds of symptoms like those ones and like you might feel that you're going to pass out, feel faint. Mm -hmm. So the first thing to do is to breathe out. Just make yourself sit and exhale as long and as slowly as you can and then breathe in slowly and then breathe out with a long exhale again. And again, you can find that exercise on our website called the long exhale, that's the first thing to do to bring that awful hyperventilation under control, which is why some people recommend also breathing into a paper bag. Mm -hmm. Just have something on right. hand that you can do. And right. simple other little things, like for some people, the very first sign of an anxiety attack is a dry mouth. They become really dry. And so have a bottle of water with you, have a mint that you can suck, just stop that dry mouth saying to your head, uh-oh. If you've got a trigger symptom that's going to set you off and you address it calmly and naturally, then it doesn't always have to set you off. Let's talk about what else can help besides the diversions and distractions and the, the long exhale. What else can we do? Well, one thing to look at is our diet and make sure that we haven't got a diet that's aggravating our nervous system. We've talked about in the past with looking at different body types according to India's ancient system of medicine, Ayurveda. Some body types are more prone to suffering from anxiety episodes than others, and then looking at life measures that best support those body types. So when it comes to diet, it's very important to have a diet that's easy on the digestive system and that isn't putting the body under extra stress and a diet that's actually supporting the nervous system of the body. As we've discussed before, there's lots of simple things you can do, simple things you can add to your diet to help with that. Almond milk is really fantastic, really nourishing to the nervous system, very easy to digest. You can buy it pre-prepared in most health food stores these days. Or otherwise, you can just take a handful of almonds and soak them in water overnight, blanch them, let them swell up with the water, and then blend them up in a blender in the morning with some regular milk. 
warm milk at night with saffron, which is very calming to the heart, or nutmeg, which is a natural sedative, which helps us sleep. Other nuts that are very good are walnuts. And then avoiding things that can aggravate the problem, things like stimulants, caffeine, taurine, these things that get put into energy drinks, and to avoid light, dry, rough foods, like things like potato chips and salad. If you look at salad leaves, they're rough and they're light. It's an interesting way of looking at your diet. But basically, if you're of a vata type that's prone to anxiety, the qualities of vata from nature are that it's dry and light and rough. So if you have dry, light, rough or cold foods, also cold's another quality, if you have those things in your diet, then that causes the vata energy within you to increase and that can increase anxiety. So that's why things mm. like grounding techniques are so, so important for dealing with anxiety issues because they're the opposite of being light and they're gentle and they're supportive and they're earthy. So that's why they work so well. So a diet that has warm foods, wet foods, slightly oily foods, this is all very nourishing to the nervous system. Things like vegetable stews, vegetable soups, summer squash, zucchinis, mixed grain porridges, things like that. It's kind of what you'd consider food for an older person or a, or a younger person, the sort of thing that we start off feeding our babies or we give our parents when they're old or we gravitate towards when we're not feeling so well and so strong, those right. nourishing natural foods. And much easier to digest for sure. Yeah. So we're not asking our body to do as much work. The other thing that I think helps really well um, on top of the changes that we can make in our diet is regular massage. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us think that massage is a special treat to be had only on vacation once a year. Or I, I just see too many people um, not really understanding the importance of, of making massage a regular part of their health routine. How do you feel about that? I think it's essential when you're suffering with anxiety. Again, it's grounding, it's relaxing, it's supportive. Mm -hmm. And there's a very strong correlation, according to Ayurveda, between our skin and the sense of touch and issues of anxiety, stress issues, feelings of personal security, that buffer between us and the outside world. When we're suffering from anxiety, we can feel really raw, like a raw nerve, mm -hmm. really, really unprotected. And either massaging yourself, learning to do that, it's very simple with, with warm oil at home or receiving massage from somebody else or both if you can, mm -hmm. is right. extremely important. And it actually protects the skin. When warm oil is applied to the skin, it actually gives a buffer, it gives a coating, which nourishes the nervous system and it just gives us that little bit of extra support. Mm-hmm. And it's another way to get back into your body, back in mm -hmm. touch with your body in a, in a very nurturing, loving way. I've been using sesame oil for years before I even knew, you know, it was like I knew that I needed it without knowing that I needed it. Yeah. And then you and I were talking one day about the importance of sesame oil or almond oil. And I thought, oh, well, there you go. I, my body knew mm -hmm. <laughs> because I've been doing it for years. And uh, it really does make a difference. And that then warm baths and showers. And yeah. Such a simple thing to give yourself an oil massage. You just stand on an old towel and just rub yourself down with almond oil or warm sesame oil. And 
make long strokes between the major joints on your body and circles over the joints and just cover yourself in the oil from head to toe. Put some relaxing music on, put a podcast on, put something that helps you feel supported and safe and calm. And even if it's just five minutes, quick thing. And, mm-hmm. then, and then just jump in a warm shower, being careful not to slip. You know, maybe put the towel on the bottom of the shower before you step in. And then mm-hmm. when the warm water goes over the body, it drives the oil deeper into the nervous tissues because the warm water is opening the pores in the body and the oil gets driven in deeper. And then just towel off and you can leave it like a really thin sort of sheen of the oil. There'll be a little bit left on your, on your body when you've done that. Mm-hmm. And it protects you. And you can also apply oil inside the ears. You can apply it to the inside of the nose. And all those things help nourish and protect the nervous system. So simple. And again, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody's having anxiety attacks and you say those things, sometimes people look at me and they're like, all right, okay. It's like, you know, like I'm crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to that now. But again, from my own experience and from helping hundreds of people with this, it works. I have a friend who had a full-on nervous illness and she told me that of all the things she tried regularly oiling up as she calls it to her her body her ears and her nose was what got things calmed down and feeling better more than anything Mm. so you know try it try it and see yeah i think it's important and and also the relaxation guided meditation techniques that's a big part of, of helping out the situation as well Definitely. An anxiety attack is your body telling you help. It's your mind telling you, I need help. I'm not coping well. Please help me. Mm -hmm. And then we have to listen and see what we can do to get things calm and more stable and more comfortable. And the more relaxed you can learn to get, the better you're going to feel. If you go to an unknown city, it's good to have a tour guide. You need somebody to show you around. You can have a map. You can have a guidebook. You can explore right. by yourself if, if you want to do that, but it's going to take a little longer and you're going to take a few wrong turns. But if you've got a guide, they'll show you, this is where this happened, this is where this is, avoid this area, this is a great place to do whatever. So right. when it comes to managing the mind, it's really helpful to have a qualified guide, somebody who can help you understand what's happening, somebody who can help you calm down, somebody who can help you feel safe. And that's our job. So I'm very honored to have been the guide for many people and plan on spending the rest of my life continuing to guide people in feeling Mm. more calm and more relaxed. Well, I can certainly tell you that my life has changed dramatically since I started listening to the recording that you made called Relaxed and Resourceful. It's the perfect example of what we're talking about here. And when... I have bouts of insomnia or just times when I just really, really need to sink in and let go. That has been one of the very, very best ever. And I've listened to a lot of guided meditation and I just had to say that out loud. So I really do want to thank you for that because it's been a great tool to have for me. Oh, thank you. I feel very grateful that I've been in contact with the tools that I know really can help over the years. Right. It's great to be able to share them. And you helped... My daughter, the other night, she'd had a particularly stressful time at school and I gave her my iPod and said, listen to this. And it was your letting go Shavasana and she was out like a light. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. (laughs) Because, you know, she doesn't always want to listen to me. That's a bit scary. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) She is is quite enough of me. So, 
you know, it's really nice to have a variety. And sometimes you want different people. Sometimes you want different relaxations. My iPod's packed with stuff from all over the place. It's like a relaxation jukebox and it's there wherever I need it. And it's got me through flus and migraines and good times and bad times. So I really recommend people, you know, it doesn't have to be our stuff. Just listen around and find what helps you feel supported, what helps you feel more calm and keep it with you and use it. Yeah. I also like a lot of the work that Candace Pert has available, mm. a lot of the guided meditation and healing exercises that she has. So yes, look around, sample around. There's so many good people out there offering supportive methods for relaxation. You know, beyond massage and diet and relaxation, there's also the importance of of moving our bodies, whether we're walking or practicing yoga or tai chi. Or even um, the other day, I just knew that I needed to uh, do some work around my heart chakra and, and really open things up a bit. And the next thing I knew, I was doing you know, gentle exercises that led to backbends. I had no plan on backbends that day. And I'll tell you, they weren't pretty. <laughs> but they were exactly what I needed. I, I knew what I needed. I needed to move things around because I had that real heavy feeling in my heart. And I knew, oh, okay, I know what to do. Yeah. So I'm going to do some gentle movement, some gentle, very yin style yoga and just allow my body to, to rest and at the same time to lengthen. And then the next thing I knew, I was ready to, to go to that next place. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to also address the, the best way we can move our bodies. As we wrap up our discussion today, I think it's important to revisit breathing techniques as well as some of the things that you've talked to me about over the years uh, about the, the different herbs that we can introduce um, into our teas that are helpful for our nervous systems. Yeah, there are three fantastic herbs that really help with anxiety, with stress. And whether you're a vata type or you've got some pitter issues going on that can also cause anxiety where we get stressed and overheated and we burn our nervous system out, these three herbs are safe to use for whatever the cause of anxiety might be. And they're fennel, mint and chamomile. And not to be taken lightly, if you actually read the research on these herbs and the beautiful Ayurvedic information on these herbs. I tell you, I was drinking chamomile tea when I was a teenager and starting to look at a different way of living my life. And everyone was drinking chamomile tea. It's sort of the, you know, the tea that everyone went to when they started giving up coffee and more, uh -huh. more traditional drinks. And when I started studying Ayurveda, I looked at chamomile in a whole new light. It's immensely supportive. It's not to be underestimated. Also fennel and mint, very, very gentle. Mm -hmm. so, you know, teas you can get anywhere. And if the weather's hot and you can't take a hot drink, then sip some cold mint tea. It's delicious and really right. supportive. And know that when you're doing that, you're helping yourself. Even if it's in a what feels like a small way, it doesn't matter. When our kids make a small step in the right direction, we're happy, we're pleased with them. Very important right. in anxiety management to acknowledge your progress and acknowledge when you're helping yourself. Whatever it is you're doing, like you said, you can celebrate one more thing that you add to the equation of better health through being mindful mm. and knowing, okay, these are the breathing techniques that I know of. This is the relaxation that I know of. Here are some of the things that I know about that can help me 
through this situation and you start to feel more empowered and a little bit more in control with an understanding, a gentle understanding that, okay, I hear you, I understand, and here are the things that I know that I can do to be more supportive of myself through this anxiety attack. Absolutely. And even get yourself a little journal and write down some tea recipes or some essential oils that you find particularly soothing or, you know, if you have a good experience with practicing self-massage or going for a massage, write it down, remember it, have a little book that you can flick through when times are tough and you can say, you know, on this day, this helped me at this time, that helped me. I made up some herb tea and really enjoyed it. And I think it helped me have a better night's sleep. Make yourself a little book of reference that you can go back to and log your positive experiences. Right, right. It can be your your anxiety slayer journal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like we have gratitude journals or um, journals for stream of consciousness writing or whatever, this can be another helpful tool that you create from your own experiences. Yeah. And um, so anyway, really great information today. I know I learned a lot and I appreciate you answering some of my questions and listening to some of my observations and I really look forward to our next Slayer session where we can dig in even a little bit deeper mm-hmm. to um, how we can be most supportive and I hope that our listeners will continue to send us more questions and more topics that we can cover so that we can be available to help our Anxiety Slayer friends do what they need to do to be as kind and gentle to themselves as possible while wrestling with anxiety. Yep, we're here. We're at your service. So please tell us how we can serve you best. Thanks so much, Ananga. This has been great. Thank you, Shan. Take care. Do you feel mentally overloaded, confused, or upset by setbacks and overcoming anxiety? Do you worry that you will never be able to properly rest and relax? If you're sick and tired of feeling like you're taking one step forward and two steps back, the Anxiety Rescue Kit can help you find your feet and move forward in conquering your anxiety. The Anxiety Rescue Kit is a collection of written advice and guided relaxation exercises to help you address mental overload and anxiety, especially if you feel you are experiencing a relapse or setback. To find out more, visit the Slayer store at anxietyslayer.com.